The following program has been paid for by the Apostolic Faith Church. From the heart of the Pacific, in Honolulu, Hawaii. Church presents the Kingdom of God Crusade. Join us now for another hour of worship with Pastor Han, the church choir, and the band. We hope and pray that you'll find this next hour of blessing. Good morning and praise the Lord, everyone. I'm here, Pastor Billy Hahn Jr. Thank you for joining us today. We welcome you to the Kingdom of God Crusade telecast, being brought to you here every Sunday morning, not only here in Hawaii from 8 to 9 a.m., but also in parts of California from 6 to 7 a.m. on station XDTV Channel 13 in San Diego, from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KPSC Channel 13 in Palm Springs, from 7 to 8 a.m. on station KBTV Channel 8, and Comcast Channel 238 in Sacramento, including Chico and Fresno. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KBVU-TV, Channel 28 in Eureka. From 7 to 8 a.m. on station KVME, Channel 20 in Los Angeles and San Bernardino. From 8 to 9 a.m. on station KOTR-TV, Channel 11 in Monterey. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KECY, Channel 9 in El Centro, California and Yuma, Arizona. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KLSR, Channel 34 in Eugene, Oregon. From 5 to 6 p.m. on station KZJO, Channel 22 in Seattle, Washington. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KUCW, Channel 30 of Ogden, Salt Lake City, Utah, and parts of Nevada and Wyoming. And from 7 to 8 a.m. on Time Warner Cable Channel 503 in New York City. If you'd like more information on our church and view our Kingdom of God Crusade telecast in its entirety, be sure to visit our website at JesusComingSoon.org. The Apostolic Faith Church, located at 1043 Middle Street, is the headquarters of the gospel of the kingdom of God for the whole world, with a sign on the roof of the temple, Jesus Coming Soon, a landmark in Cali for 97 years, and our prayer tall, the first of its kind in Hawaii, dedicated exclusively for prayer. The church was founded by the late Charles and Ada B. Lockbaum on August the 4th, 1923, and passed on to our late chief pastor, William M. Hahn Sr. in 1959, who continued the gospel to its fullness. We hope and pray that this telecast will draw you closer to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and be a real blessing to you, our television audience, saints wherever you are, and the shut-ins, that is those of you in the hospitals and convalescent homes. And should you need prayer or someone to pray over you, please don't hesitate to call the phone number designated at the conclusion of the telecast. This majestic anthem reminds us of the sovereignty and supremacy of God our Father. Under the leadership of Emilia Hahn, the church choir will sing for you this beautiful and inspirational song entitled, Only God. Accompanying our choir will be Edith Masuki on the piano, Pahaku Kara on the organ.
To enter God's kingdom, one must be blood-washed, water-washed, spirit-filled, and living the life. In John 14, 6, it says, Jesus said unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. The God-given talents of our church band under my direction will play this heartfelt tune entitled, The Time Is Now. As we say here at the Apostolic Faith Church, Lord, come quickly.
In this sin-cursed devil-may-care world, we are faced with trials and tribulations that may seem awful to bear. But our answers can only be found in Christ Jesus, the author and finisher of our lives. Blessed this morning, we have our soloist, Rose Pahaku Carter, singing this inspirational song entitled, Look For Me. Accompanying her will be Associate Pastor Marvin Abing on the bass, Trustee Associate Pastor Emerson Spilt Sr., Mason Asano singing the guitars, and Iris Locke on the piano. When you finally make your entrance to that city of jasper walls and bright golden avenue, as you behold all its beauty and its splendor. Remember, there's just one request I make of you. Look for me, for I will be there too. I realize when you arrive, there'll be so much to view. Question. You want to see your loved ones waiting there for you. And when you feel you've shared your story with the last one that wants to hear you tell just how you made it through
Paul is welcome to the feast upon the pure of God, being preached to the foolish at the Apostolic Faith Church, with the sign upon the rooftop, Jesus coming soon. Jesus said in Matthew eleven twenty eight, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. He knows all and sees all before we even seek him. Let in here to our church choir as they sing this uplifting song entitled, This is God's House. Please join in singing as the words appear on your television screen. Matthew 28, 20 reads in part, And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. God is omnipresent and everywhere. 
His presence can be felt to those who seek him with the love of Jesus upon his heart. We have Trusty Associate Pass Evans Brooks Sr. playing on his guitar the wonderful song entitled There Is Someone, and we'll be playing the piano for Edwin. Jesus first in their lives and drawing closer to his wounded side is our duet of Sospass and Marvin and Sherlyn Abing as they sing this comforting song entitled, In His Time. Salvation is an individual matter that they both continue to work on so that they will be able to hear the trump of God call to them, come up hither. It gives me great pleasure to dedicate this delightful song to Mr. and Mrs. Mike and Cindy Yamashita. The love of Jesus emanates in you both as witness from those around you. May the Lord continue to bless you, pressed down and overflowing, as you draw close to Him in this life and that to come. Have a fabulous Sunday. In His time. 
Shalom and good morning. I'm Associate Pastor Melvin Honda and would like to repeat our television time, stations, and locations in the continental United States for our viewing audience, especially if any of you plan to visit or reside in California, that these telecasts can now be viewed every Sunday morning from 6 to 7 a.m. on station XDTV channel 13 in San Diego, from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KPSC channel 13 in Palm Springs, from 7 to 8 a.m. on station KBTV channel 8 and Comcast Channel 238 in Sacramento, including Chico and Fresno. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KBVU-TV Channel 28 in Eureka. From 7 to 8 a.m. on station KVME Channel 20 in Los Angeles, San Bernardino. From 8 to 9 a.m. on station KOTR-TV Channel 11 in Monterey. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KECY Channel 9 in Central California and Yuma, Arizona. From 9 a.m to 7 a.m. on station KLSR channel 34 in Eugene, Oregon, from 5 to 6 a.m. on station KZJO channel 22 in Seattle, Washington, from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KUCW channel 30 of Ogden, Salt Lake City, Utah, and parts of Nevada and Wyoming, 
and from 7 to 8 a.m. on Time Warner Cable Channel 503 in New York City. If you'd like to know more about our gospel work and view our Kingdom of God Crusade telecast in its entirety, please visit our website on JesusComingSoon.org. And now concerning the schedule of gospel services here in our home state, Hawaii, services are held at the temple every Tuesday and Friday at 7 p.m. On Sunday, gospel services start at 10 a.m. and divine healing services at 7 p.m. Sunday school for all ages begin at 9 a.m. and prayer services are held daily in the prayer tower at 2 p.m. except on Fridays at 10 a.m. At Okamiki Branch Church located at 1361 Palolo Avenue, gospel services are held on Sundays and Wednesdays at 7 p.m. The same schedule is observed by neighbor island branch churches as services are also conducted by Pastor Reginald V. Castanera Sr. in Kanakakai, Molokai, by Pastor Walter I. Tinlaw in Hilo, Hawaii, by Pastor Lenny K. Y. Asano Sr. in Koloa, Kauai, by Pastor Hannibal Espera in Balugo, Pikawayan, and by Pastor Vesper Espera in President Rojas, Cotabato, Mindanao, Philippines. At our Maui Branch Church in Lahaina, Maui, services are held every second Sunday of the month. You are welcome to attend these services. Regardless of church affiliations, there are no collections. However, if you desire to voluntarily contribute to support these telecasts and the Lord's work, you may do so by sending your donations to the address designated at the conclusion of the telecast. And now, I'd like to return our program to head Pastor Billy Hunt Jr., who will bring forth his spirit-directed and spirit-inspired sermon. Pastor Billy? Thank you, Melvin. We all need comfort, strength, and guidance, and wisdom, and solutions to the many and unending problems we encounter in our lives daily. What better way to address our human perplexities than by seeking and turning to Jesus, our Lord and Savior, to fulfill those needs? I thank you for joining us in today's telecast. I sincerely pray the Lord will touch your hearts, and the sermon I have ready for this telecast and entitled, Everything is Going to Be All Right, will be that important step in the right direction which you seek. A husband stands facing his wife. He remembers the day she ran away with another man and broke his heart. He remembers the day he read of her indictment in the paper. Unwittingly, she had allowed her lover to involve her in a life of crime. Now she stands before her husband broken and repentant. Ahead of her lies a prison term. Again, his heart was open to her. And with the spirit of forgiveness, he reaches out to take her hand and says, tenderly, everything is going to be all right. He is saying that when she has paid the punishment decreed by law, he will take her back and together they will pick up the pieces of their marriage. The assurance he gives to her is not an easy one. Rather, it is akin to the assurance of the doctor as he says to the patient, everything is going to be all right. But as he says it, he stands with a mask on his face, a scalpel in his hand, anesthetic right by, and a great surgical light glaring down on the operating table. What he means is that after the operation, the healing, everything will be all right. Isaiah, the 40th chapter, 1 and 2, has this kind of comfort. Comfort ye, comfort ye, my people, saith your God. Speak ye comfortably to Jerusalem, and cry unto her that her warfare is accomplished, that her iniquity is pardoned, for she had received of the Lord's hand double for all her sins. Comfort ye, comfort ye. Translated into our daily converse, conversion might be, everything is going to be all right. Having delivered God's prophecy of chastisement through wicked Babylon, Isaiah is called upon now to speak words of comfort, looking beyond the Babylonian captivity to God's restoration of his people. In Isaiah 39, 6, the prophet proclaims, Behold, the days come that all that is in thine house and that which thy fathers have laid up in store until this day shall be carried to Babylon. 
Nothing shall be left, says the Lord. The coming judgment at the hands of Babylon is God's way of judging his own people for their sins. God's judgment, however, is always for a purpose. Following the judgment in Babylon, God's people are to be restored to their land and forgiven their sins. Everything is going to be all right when sin is forgiven. In Isaiah 42, we find that with eyes of prophetic vision, Isaiah looks beyond the coming punishment to God's promised restoration. The phrase, speak it comfortably, has a literal meaning of speaking to the heart in order to give comfort. Spiritual comfort can only after sin, can come only after sin has been forgiven, after chastening has renewed the child of God. There can be very little comfort for one who remains wayward and evil. Yet when people repent, God assures them of forgiveness. The prophet is told to proclaim forgiveness for Israel because in the coming exile, she will suffer double for all her sins. Here, the Old Testament law of retribution with regard to money is applied to the matter of judgment because of sin. The Bible never presents forgiveness as a frivolous or simple process. The cost of sin is always high. It was over 600 miles from Jerusalem to Babylon, a trip of at least four months for prisoners walking in chains. Not only were the Babylonians to rob them of all riches, but they were to make them slaves as well. One can scarcely imagine the mistreatment of women and children that transpired. Families were separated. Husbands were tortured by the mistreatment of their families. Having declared their freedom from the living God, they found themselves being led away in chains. Just as the moon is eclipsed when the earth comes between it and the sun, so our lives lie in darkness when we allow the material world to come between us and God. The Lord gave to the Israelites a promised land. They in turn devoted themselves to the land instead of to God that gave it. Although the chastening has not yet come, Isaiah is so sure that it is to be followed by pardon that he speaks in the past tense. Her iniquity is pardon. It is this assurance that enables him to speak of comfort. Though God's chastisement may lie between our sin and our pardon, we gain encouragement by knowing that pardon does lie ahead. Everything is going to be all right when life is adjusted to God. Read in Isaiah 44, Verses 4 to 5, every valley shall be exalted and every mountain and hill shall be made low and the crooked shall be made straight and the rough places plain and the glory of the Lord shall be revealed and all flesh together shall see it together for the mouth of the Lord had spoken it. When Oriental monarchs prepared for long journeys, officials were sent ahead to pick the best route and to see that all the roads were passable. Ravines were filled in and rocky places smoothed over. The prophet uses this figure to speak of the spiritual adjustments necessary in order to make the message of comfort a reality. Before God can come into our lives to bring forgiveness, a way into our hearts must be prepared, a, a way hewn out of by repentance. Each of us lives in a wilderness of human sin and God will not force his way in. There are a lot of crooked things in our lives that must be made straight. There are self-indulgences that we must be willing to forsake. If spiritual adjustment is real, practical adjustment will follow. Genuine repentance always finds its way into practical application. All of life must be adjusted to God's schedule, our work days as well as our worship days. God's holy demands no, no, no limits. They are not restricted to the stained glass arena. The man who schedules seven full days of work for each of the 52 weeks of the year need not deceive himself to thinking that everything is going to be all right. A man can choose to have a profane mouth and a wayward heart, but let him never think that he shall see the glory of the Lord. Reading Romans 6, 11 to 13, 
Likewise, reckon ye also yourselves to be dead indeed unto sin, but alive unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord. Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body, that ye should obey it in the lust thereof. Neither yield ye your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin, but yield yourselves unto God as those that are alive from the dead, and your members as instruments of righteousness unto God. The Christian who does not grasp the truth of these scriptural verses is like the person who purchases a new car but does not read the operator's manual. He fails to follow proper instructions and gets something less than maximum performance from his car. Reckon, count, calculate on the fact that you are dead to sin. Your attitude then will be, since the power of my evil nature is broken, I am under no obligation to obey its will. God is not unreasonable in his demands. He says, don't allow sin to control you. At the same time, he lives in us to make our keeping this command a possibility. The exhortation not to yield yourselves to sin, but to God is negative as well as positive. It is negative when it says, stop habitually putting your members at the service of sin. It is positive when it says, yield yourselves unto God. Everything is going to be all right when life's perspective is true. We read in Isaiah 39, 6-8, Behold, the days come that all that is in thine house and that which thy fathers have laid up in store until this day shall be carried to Babylon. Nothing shall be left, said the Lord. And of thy sons that shall issue from thee, which thou shalt beget, shall they take away, and they shall be eunuchs in the palace of the king of Babylon. Then said Hezekiah to Isaiah, Good is the word of the law which thou hast spoken. He said, Moreover, for there shall be peace and truth in my days. 2020 vision is never more necessary than when applied to our spiritual perspective. Unless we learn to see things in the proper order of their importance, we shall stumble into one wrong path after another. We find here that the prophet is ordered to pronounce a message of comfort for the ears of the people. Yet beyond that, he seems unsure as to what message should follow. Then he finds God's direction. As found in Isaiah 40, 6 8, the voice said, cry. And he said, what shall I cry? Then comes the answer, all flesh is grass. And all the goodliness thereof is as of the flower of the field. The grass withereth, the flower fadeth, because the spirit of the Lord bloweth upon it. Sure, the people is grass. The grass withereth, the flower fadeth. But the word of God shall stand forever. Man is frail and temporary. Unless he realizes his predicament, he is no frame in no frame of mind to listen to the word of comfort from God. No one disdains offers to help quite so much as the man who supposes he needs more. Man is so busy building his own kingdom that often overlooks God's kingdom. When man sees himself properly, he's in a position to see God in proper perspective. God is omnipotent and eternal, whereas man is frail and temporary. The word of our God shall stand forever. It is through the Lord that we will find all of our answers. This is the perspective the Lord wants us to take, particularly with regard to our problems and worries. In these times of much trouble in the world, we as children of God should not fear, resting assured that not only are we the benefactors of the glory of the Lord's salvation, but also of His divine protection from all His harm and danger. Yet, as we are all given to the weakness of the flesh, we at times succumb to the stresses of the world and indulge ourselves in a needless activity called worry. Worry is like a rocking chair. It is something you do, but it never gets you anywhere. If anything, it sets us on the wrong path, which is to feel so too, is to futilely look to the world for solutions. With the lifestyles that is in America, it is very popular activity. 
A visitor from the Orient returned to his homeland only to describe life in America with three words, hurry, worry, and bury. Worry is nothing new to man, and it goes way back in man's history. In the Papyrus Abers, a medical book written in Egypt about 1552 BC, we are told that people who lived more than 3,000 years ago worried about some of the things we were about today. In this medical book, it is a remedy to prevent hair from turning gray. It suggests that one anoint his hair with the blood of a black calf, which has been boiled in oil or the fat of a rattlesnake. To keep from losing hair, this book suggests that one apply a mixture of sexy fat, sex fats to his hair, namely those of the horse, hippopotamus, crocodile, cat, snake, and ibex. As fun as these remedies are, they are no more ridiculous than some of the roadly remedies man seeks today to solve his worries. Today, worries on the increase despite increased knowledge and advanced technology. Drug use is in a step-up swing. One of every six Americans takes some kind of tranquilizer pill to change his or her mental attitude. Doctors estimate some 30 million Americans are hitting the pill bottle to treat symptoms of their worries. Although much has been done on a national level basis to curb alcohol and drug abuse, people are still abusing these substances in an attempt to temporarily excuse their problems. So what is to worry? In James 1.8, the Bible states a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. The word worry is derivative of two Greek words, marizo, which means to divide, and os, which means to the mind. When one's mind is divided between the material and the spiritual, it affects his allegiance. When one's allegiance is divided between God's will and man's will, he is caused to worry. A good example is when we are confronted by our own tests and trials. When we facilitate between role and solutions and the Lord's power to solve our problems, we have our doubts and therefore worry sets in. We cannot look to the Lord for some things and not for other things. We need to look to Him for all things in full faith and assurance that He will give us the victory. Worry hurts us spiritually. When we worry, we demonstrate our unbelief in God and His power and therefore call Him a liar. In 1 John 5, 10 it reads, He that believeth on the Son of God hath a witness in himself. He that believeth not God hath made him a liar, because he believeth not the record that God gave his Son. If we believe in God, we know all things are possible. It is Satan who turns our faith into doubt. It is up to each of us to make, either make God a liar and Satan true by unbelieving, or God true and Satan a liar by our faith. Whether your cares are on money, work, or family, kiss them upon the Lord. He loves you, and by your faith, He is going to care for you. In the book of Matthew, Jesus tells us how valuable a child of God is to Him amongst His creations. Reading Matthew 6, 26-30, Behold the fowls of the air, for they sow not. Neither do they reap, nor gather into barns. Yet your heavenly Father feedeth them. Are ye not much better than they? Which of you, by taking thought, can add one cubit unto his statute? And why take ye thought for the raiment? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow, they toil not, neither do they spin. And yet I say unto you, that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Wherefore, if God so close the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is cast into that oven, shall he not much more clothe you, O ye of little faith? We sometimes forget our individual worth. Our value far exceeds the birds which the Lord provides for. Jesus uses God's providential care for the birds of the air to illustrate the fact that if God cares for the sparrows, we can be absolutely certain that He will care for us. We are made in the image of God, so why should we worry? Some of us worry ourselves into an agony of anxiety because we are not as we think we ought to be. Jesus says there are some things that people must accept as they are. 
If a man is short of stature, there is no way he by which he can increase his physical stature. If a man is tall, there is no way by which he can become short. Some things must be accepted, and we must adjust ourselves to these facts. Our Lord tells us to accept ourselves as He has accepted us. Specifically, Jesus also tells us of the uselessness of worry, as nothing is ever accomplished by worry. We need to have complete faith in Him, being mindful of the many blessings He has already poured on us, and the care we can be assured of as we consider the lilies of the field. Worry is also sinful as Jesus associates this activity with the Gentiles or unbelievers who seek or worry about the things in the world. Our main duty is to see the first, the kingdom of God and His righteousness. Upon fulfilling this condition, all things we seek and need will be provided for us as we read in Matthew 6, 33. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all of these things shall be added unto you. When we dedicate ourselves to God's kingdom rather than seeking our own kingdom, our faith in God will increase, and many of our fears and anxieties will cease to be. It is when we take our eyes off God's providential care and begin to worry about our own efforts that fear takes possession of the citadel of our own soul. Our first step is to believe the gospel and the kingdom of God. And what is the gospel? The gospel is the good news that Jesus saves, Jesus heals, Jesus baptizes with the Holy Ghost and fire, and Jesus is coming soon. Nicodemus was a Pharisee, a very strict religionist, who paid his tithes, tried to keep the law. Listen to John 3, 5, as this is what he heard from our Lord Jesus Christ. Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. To Nicodemus he heard, ye must be born again. It takes water baptism and the baptism of the Spirit as evidenced by the speaking in tongues to get into the kingdom of God. You can't have one without the other. What God had joined together, let no man put asunder. Why argue with God? He tells us, ye must be born again. The question is, how are we born again? In Acts 2.38, Peter told, told those who rejected and crucified Jesus, repent and be baptized. Every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and he shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. In this verse, we find that when you repent and are baptized, God promises he will take away your sins and remove them as far as the east is from the west and grant you the gift of the Holy Spirit which will lead you to eternal life. The promises of God are yea and amen. Acts 4.12 reads, Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men, whereby we must be saved. Salvation is the work of God, by which the sinner accepts the Lord as his Savior and becomes a new creature in Christ Jesus. It is a second birth, a spiritual birth. <clears throat> Physical life begins with birth. Spiritual life begins the same way. You cannot join the family of God. You must be born into it. True Christians are not made, they are born. Now back to our message on how everything can be all right under Jesus' care. Care means shelter, shelter in a time of storm, shelter from burning heat, Shelter in the night during sleep. Yes, God cares for you. Care is food. Surely his word is the bread of life. In Matthew 4, 4, but he answered and said, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. His words are spirit and life. We know he cares for he gave his life on the cross of Calvary for our sins, and not ours only, but for the whole world as well. He made that perfect sacrifice once, and for all mankind, regardless of race and or color. For God is no respect of persons. Listen to John 6, 51. Jesus tells us, 
I am the living bread which came down from heaven. If any man eat of this bread, he shall live forever. And the bread that I will give is my flesh, which I will give for the life of the world. In the natural sense, we must have food to survive. In the spiritual sense, we must have food also. This spiritual food is the word of God because God cares. He will provide us with natural as well as spiritual food. How will he care? How will he provide that he really cares? You will have to trust and depend on him. You have to stop fretting and worrying. Stop worrying. Stop worrying over what may happen now or in the future. Matthew 6, 34 tells us, Take therefore no thought for the morrow, for the morrow shall take thought for the things of itself. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. Many of the things that we worry about and the things that paralyze us, we fear never really happen. Today is the tomorrow that we worried about yesterday. There was a businessman who drew up what he called a worry chart in which he kept a record of his worries. He discovered that 40% of them were about things that probably would never happen. 30% concerned about past decisions that he could not now unmake. 12% dealt with other people's criticism of him. And 10% were worried about his health. He concluded that only 8% of them were really legitimate. Whether they're legitimate worries are 8% or 100% commend all to the Lord. With the time you take to fret and worry, you could pray an effectual prayer to God. Within that time, you could really move heaven without using any extra energy. It takes something out of those who worry or fret. It causes you to lose confidence. It causes you to lose sight of God and His wonderful promises. It can cause frustration, gloom, and despair. Do you fear the past? Do you live in the mood of fear and anxiety and depression? Are you afraid of the future? There is no way by which you can pile up enough money to dissolve your fears and anxieties. There is no health policy that you can secure that can take away your fears as far as your physical well-being is concerned. The only antidote for anxiety, the only way by which one can overcome fear is through faith in Christ who came, not only to be our Savior, but to be our friend and companion along the road of life. We need to put our hand into His hand and let Him guide us. We need to entrust our past, present, and future into His custody and depend on Him to be with us, whatever the future may bring. The great God who has been so good to us in the past will continue to be the same in the future. The only real security that we can have is the security that we find in God and His promises into us. Let each of us live each day by faith in Him and we will discover as the days go by that our fields will be replaced with a faith that will bring joy, confidence, and victory. Everything is going to be all right when God is trusted. In Isaiah 40, 27 to 28, we read, Why, says thou, O Jacob, and speakest, O Israel, my way is hid from the Lord, and my judgment is passed over from my God. Hast thou not known, hast thou not heard, that the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, fainteth not, neither is weary? There is no searching of his understanding. Man, because of his infinite, mercy, infinite nature, is a creature of anxiety. So often the people of God do not actually trust in God. On every hand, the prophet Isaiah hears natural cries of anxiety. My way is hid from the Lord, and my judgment is passed over from my God. The rare translated way is commonly used to speak of one's fortune or fate. The word translated judgment first to a lawsuit or petition. The people are saying our destiny has been forgotten by God, and our petition for help has been neglected. To the discouraged, the defeated exile, Isaiah speaks of the divine help promised by God in the 31st verse. We read, but they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall be run and not be weary, and they shall walk and not faint. 
The great God who has created the earth and sustains it with his power has a power to sustain his people. God will put a new strength in their place of their weak, present weakness. Their renewal, this renewal will take place when people learn to wait upon the Lord. The concept of waiting upon the Lord means not only to trust in him for deliverance, but also serve him daily. This is not a passive idleness. It is an active commitment. To wait upon the Lord means to do his every bidding, trusting in his wisdom and purpose, even when it remains obscure to human perception. Kings have those who wait upon them to carry out their every whim. The king of kings expects his people to do his bidding as well. God promises in Isaiah 49, 23, and kings shall be thy nursing fathers and thy queens thy nursing mothers. They shall bow down to thee with their faces toward the earth and lick up the dust of thy feet and thou shalt know that I am the Lord. For they shall not be ashamed that wait for me. Listen to Tom 27, 14. Wait on the Lord, be of good courage and he shall strengthen thine heart. Wait, I say on the Lord. And while you're waiting, be patient. For in your patience, possess ye your souls. There is an old proverb, patience is like a bitter herb. It's good for you, but hard to take. With faith in our Lord and patience, we can overcome our greatest fear. God does not always deliver his people from diseases, failures, or other kinds of sufferings, but he does promise to grant them grace and overcoming power to endure such things. The victory for born-again believers is to stand despite persecution, distress, famine, or sword. Paul exhorted the saints to continue in the faith since it is through much tribulation that one enters the kingdom of God. The Word of God speaks a message of hope to all the prodigals, whether their weariness is at the point of lustful passion, like the adulterous woman confronted by Jesus, or self-righteousness pride as Nicodemus, or dishonest manipulation as in the case of Zacchaeus. To all, he says, behold your God. He comes to take you home. The good news of the gospel shows to us all that everything can be all right with God's help. We too can affirm with Paul in Romans 8, 28, and we know that all things work together for good to them that love God and to them who are called according to his purpose. And from this vantage point, we can take the next step as you read in Romans 8, 38, 39, which Paul says, For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. If you'd like to know more about God's Word, the church, and review the telecast presentation in its entirety, please visit our website at JesusComingSoon.org. Until our next telecast, this is your host, Head Pastor Blehan Jr., expressing my sincerest appreciation to each of you who have allowed us to come into your homes. May the good Lord bless and keep you all in the hall of His hands. Our church band will lead our program out with this wonderful and uplifting tune entitled, Victory in Jesus.
The preceding program was paid for by the Apostolic Faith Church.